Welcome to Encountering Jesus with the Church Fathers, a podcast pondering patristic commentary and insight on the sacred scriptures, the sacred liturgy, and living as a disciple of Jesus Christ. I am your host, Father Mark, and I welcome you to this podcast that ponders an excerpt from the Gospel according to St. John, proclaimed on the fourth Sunday of Easter. Beginning at chapter 10, verse 28. No one can take them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. And no one can take them out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. We turn this week to a rather interesting father of the church from Alexandria, Egypt, St. Cyril. St. Cyril of Alexandria was a most significant voice in the various Christological debates that took place towards the end of the 4th century and continued well into the 5th century. With great passion, Cyril presented, defended, and probed the depth of meaning as to who Jesus is. One divine person with two distinct natures, a divine nature and a human nature, or if you will, a divine way of acting and a human way of acting. And Cyril was equally clear and adamant that the natures, divine and human, while distinct, they are nonetheless united in the one divine person, Jesus. For Cyril, this was not an academic exercise. This was not theological trivia. For Cyril, getting the identity of Jesus correct was essential for our salvation. And because of that, Cyril taught and preached extensively throughout many places in the ancient church. He also left us quite an extensive library of commentary on sacred scripture. And this week, we're going to listen to some of his writings on the Gospel of John, particularly the verses that are proclaimed at Mass on this Sunday of Easter. And so, from St. Cyril of Alexandria's commentary on the Gospel of John, we listen. The faithful have Christ's 
help, and the devil cannot snatch them. Those who possess an endless enjoyment of blessings remain in him, and from then on, no one snatches them from the happiness they have been given so as to bring them to punishment and torments. Those who are in Christ's hand, after all, cannot be snatched away to be punished because of Christ's great power. As an aside in his writing, uh, St. Cyril mentions hand in the scriptures means power. And then he continues. There is no doubt then that the hand of Christ is invincible and powerful enough to do anything. But when he sees the Jews mocking him, thinking that he is a mere human being, not realizing that the man they see and touch is God by nature, he says, No one will snatch them out of the hand of my Father. That is, out of my hand. This is to persuade them that he is the power of the Father. He is saying that he is the mighty right hand of the Father, since the Father does everything through him, just as what we do is accomplished through our hand. In many places in the scripture, Christ is called the hand or the right hand of the Father, which means his power. The almighty power and activity of God is called simply his hand. Language about God always surpasses bodily representation. The Father is said to give to the Son, but this does not imply that the Son does not always have creation in his hand. Rather, it implies that he is life by nature. He supplies it to us who lack life so that we may be made alive through the Son, who is life by nature and has this attribute of himself. However, inasmuch as he is also became a human being, it is also fitting for him to ask for and receive from the Father what he already has as God by nature. He gives what he has as God by nature. As a human being, he receives it and raises it to his own glory, proceeding to this point on his own. Christ admitted his human attributes, but he returns to his God-befitting dignity 
and exults in the excellent qualities of his nature for the benefit of the faithful and for sound faith, which entertains no suspicion that the Son is inferior to the Father. In this way, he shows himself to be the unmarred image of the Father, preserving the imprint of the Father in himself completely and in its integrity. Furthermore, when we say that the Son and the Father are one, we do not confuse the individuals who are numerically distinct, like some who say that the Father and the Son are the same person. Rather, we believe that the Father subsists on his own and the Son on his own, and the two come together into the one identity of substance. We also know that they possess one power so that one is seen without variation in the other. I and the Father are one. With the word one, he is referring to the identity of substance. With the word are, he is dividing the object of our thought in two and tying them together again in one divine nature. However, we must also make the following point against the Arians. When he says, I and the Father are one, he is not indicating an identity of will, but of a unity of substance. After all, even the Jews understood that when he said this, he was saying that he was God and equal to the Father. And Christ did not deny that he said what they thought he said. May St. Cyril of Alexandria's prayerful theological reflection help us with the grace of the Holy Spirit to be led to deeper communion with Jesus who will lead us all to his Father. Let us pray. Almighty, ever-living God, lead us to a share in the joys of heaven so that the humble flock may reach where the brave shepherd has gone before, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit God, forever and ever. Amen.